Welcome back to While We Are On The Subject with Aaron and Ryan, the show that makes politics fun again. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of While We're On The Subject, doing This Week in Review. My name is Aaron Jin, and I'm here always with the loquacious Ryan Bethay. You always say loquacious, and I don't think you know what loquacious means. I, I thought it meant uh, someone who annoys but no, but, let me tell you what Trump would say for the word of the day, okay? Uh, loquacious is the state of fluidity, like my hair is in a loquacious state, okay? You can be a plasma, a solid, a liquid, or, or a loquacia, okay? At least that's what my notes are. We have to give a shout out to a very special, very special partner of ours, okay? So we have just got to give a shout out to the most shrewd, the most cunning, the greatest, right? The best that we've ever seen. Veritas Press. All right. Veritas Press. Classical homeschool education curriculum. A lot of big words. How did I learn those big words? Well, I actually wasn't homeschooled. But if I was homeschooled with their materials, I'd be as smart as Aaron is. Okay. If you need great materials for homeschool classical education, call Veritas Press. Email, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Are they on MySpace, Aaron? Yeah, that's the thing now. It's back, man. It's back, man. Your space, my space, ours. Actually, Bernie launched a site called Our Space because it belongs to the people of the 1% of the 1% belong. Millions of children do not have access to free MySpace accounts, so I have instituted Our Space. Today we're going to cover, we have lots of news, and this week we're going to cover the Paris attack, uh, North Korea, Tried to launch a missile, didn't uh, didn't really rise to the occasion. Uh, WikiLeaks is under probably going to be sued, which is a pretty surprising lawsuit for many, many people's opinion. Uh, the Georgia election and uh, tax day was this week, and then we got a lightning round, and then hysteria of the week. So let's uh, dive right in. Another attack this week, unfortunately, uh, it's pretty devastating. I was actually on the in Paris uh, a few months ago uh, in the Champs-Élysées. It was an attack on another police officer. Uh, it seems that it was an ambush, and I think right now uh, two police officers have died and a couple uh, are injured, and there's videos online showing that the, uh, the the terrorist attack was basically pulled up right inside of a pl- in, in Paris, police officers driving vans, uh, which you think is actually more practical than, than a Crown Vic when you think about it. And they uh, they jumped out, had AK-47s, and just started shooting at the van. And the the timing of this is, is I also think, very political uh, because the election uh, is uh, this week. So uh, this will definitely be impacting whether or not it is a— it's basically a decision between a very far-right candidate and a more centrist candidate— and this definitely is going to impact that. Do we know anything about the motivations of the perpetrators? Well, the one of the the, the terrorists uh, was already on a watch list, so they they pretty much now assume that it was it motivated by uh, Islamic radicalism. And ISIS also claimed credit for the attack, although they tend to claim credit for lots of things, and and the. The guy was already on a watch list. They they heard him saying, 
you know, the related terrorist phrases that you have whenever you're committing an, an attack. Man, well, our thoughts and our prayers go out to our, our fellow French uh, countrymen. I, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I just can't believe how, I just can't believe this stuff. This stuff seems to be happening a lot more frequently. Is that, is that just a false narrative that I have in my head, or have we just seen a lot more publicized terror attacks in the last you know, year or two? I mean, France has really gotten it really bad. Uh, I mean, in the last five, six years, it's been maybe, uh, I, I was actually looking at the numbers last night, and it's almost two attacks per, per quarter. And I mean, the wow. worst, worst has been the Nice attack and then the, the Paris uh, theater attack, which is more of like just like random street killing than just a theater. But I mean, you think, I mean, Nice alone was like 80 something were killed and a couple hundred were injured. And, and the, the Paris theater was, uh, I believe, 130 killed and then wow. over 300 injured. So this is a, a, a huge, serious issue for them right now. And I know that we feel in America that the, the rarity of, of terrorist attacks, although the, the most recent shooting, and was it, was it Fresno? That happened. The yes, Fresno, which was actually not covered that much. No, uh, it wasn't. And that's a, and that's another problem. Uh, but that was a terrible attack as well, and just a lot of a lot of bad news out there, man. Yeah. So this 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 Paris this Paris attack, I think, is is very different in the sense that it actually has received a lot more coverage than mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago. There was another attack on a police officer inside of the Louvre, and then there was also another one inside of a of a train station near the near the Louvre and those didn't get get, get a lot of coverage of this one I think because of the the videos showing the attack and then also it's right right in front of an election that is between a uh, very very far right candidate Marie Le Pen and then a centrist candidate which is Malone and uh, Marie Le Pen has was one of the first far right anti-immigrant candidates that actually rose rose to uh, prominent position in Europe way before Brexit happened, way before many of the uh, far right political movements in Europe, and so now she's originally she was she was considered an outsider, and now she may be leading France. Uh, well, I mean, we'll see what happens in the election. We will see. Why don't we go to a happier story? Oh wait, what's the next story? Well, I mean, North Korea failed its mission. I mean, that's that could be. I mean, it had a false start. They said, "Hold up, okay." They said it failed. Um, is there any possibility, Aaron, that this quote-unquote failed missile launch was just a conspiracy, a happy compromise where, let's just hear me out, they launch a successful missile, America has to act, or China has to act, yeah. causing problems. If they don't launch a missile, Kim Jong-un does not look defiant in the face of the great Satan and the great oppressor. So is the missile failing potentially a happy medium for them? That's actually real. That's a- Ryan, one few times. That's actually a very insightful point. Oh, can I add a point to my point chart? Yeah, yeah. Just put put a gold star there. The I actually concur with with. There's a couple of conspiracy theories running around that like this is the best situation for North Korea, right? Because it still shows they're defiant by trying to launch a missile, but they don't succeed, right? So they still achieve their end goals of like being defiant, but actually don't change the actual situation with in relation to America. And the the situation is increasingly growing tense, and and so there there's another theory that like maybe uh, we deployed a navy vessel out there 
uh, along the coast of North Korea that was using cyber attacks and and disintermediate communications to mess up a missile. I don't know if we actually have that capability, but some people were theorizing. Other people said like you just actually failed. The Pentagon and South Korea uh, intelligence agencies have said that they actually did try, uh, and and the missile launch failed. But the situation itself is increasing in intensity with China's air force now on standby uh, all around North Korea. And it on the U.S. side, we have read that as saying that they're preparing in case that North Korea actually does try to attempt to attack South Korea in the sense of that they are showing North Korea that it's, it is not going to let it the situation get out of control. However, I don't know. It, it could also be read that like maybe China is standing up with North Korea because it the administration has said that it, this means that like they're they're trying to show more solidarity with the more western position in the sense that we have to like we need the North Korean nuclear program needs to like tamper down. However, you can also read it the other way cuz cuz this is exactly the behavior that happened in in the Korean War which was the Chinese started building up forces around the North Korean border whenever they saw North Korea losing, and then they intervened in, in the war. In the end, China does not want a war. China does not want the Korean Peninsula united. China does not want North Korean refugees into its country. So they're in a bind right now, too, because they, I mean they've perpetuated the same problem. Uh, they don't want anything. Yeah, they're just like, no, 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 yes. no. It's like, it's like that friend. It's like, what do you want? All right? You don't want to go. It's... You know what it is? It's like I'm that guy when people are like, "Hey, what movie should we watch?" And I'm like, "No, nah, I just saw it. No, nah, I just nah, I don't really feel like that." That's China. They're like, and finally I'm like, "What do you want, China? What movie do you want to watch?" Brave. That's this whole thing. That's how you think about statecraft. Braveheart. That's what they want to watch. They do not. I guarantee you, they don't <laughs> want to watch Braveheart. I've also never seen Braveheart dubbed in another language, which would be really interesting. What movie would they like if you had to pick a movie that describes their international position? Hmm. China. Are you talking about China's? Yeah, Ch- China. What, yeah, China. What they have to do with North Korea? What, maybe maybe uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Well, if China takes a day off, that would really affect the global economy. Part of me is thinking, like, is it an affair to remember where they're having this like love affair with North Korea, but it can't go on forever and they know it? That's one. The other part of me is, is it sleepless in Seattle because they know that North Korea is, you know, claiming that one day they could actually hit Seattle and it's making China sleepless? These are tacky jokes to an, uh, an exponential degree. But Aaron put me on the spot and I'm just going, ugh. or is it just Chinatown because the name's on there? Let's go with Chinatown. Next in the news I've, is uh, WikiLeaks. So remember, WikiLeaks. Well, can we should define what WikiLeaks is because WikiLeaks is a medical condition where you have to get up multiple times in the night to go to use the restroom, correct? Yeah, uh, it basically describes Julia Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks, the his condition. He was so troubled that he had frequent urination. Yeah. Thus was born the condition WikiLeaks. Talk to your doctor today. So remember when WikiLeaks was labeled the the stooge of the Russian empire, the partnering with Donald Trump to take down Hillary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even though despite that, it's basically been pretty just anti-American since its founding. 
Well, now there are rumors in D.C. that the Justice Department will be pushing forward charges against Julian Assange, uh, particularly around the uh, Manning uh, CIA and intelligence leaks that Manning released through to WikiLeaks. We're bringing charges to him to bring him to the United States to face trial. So not really fitting the narrative anymore that Trump was okay with WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. Interesting. Have you ever been to WikiLeaks, Aaron? Like they, uh, like their headquarters? No, no. I don't even know where their headquarters is. That would seem dangerous. But no, if you actually like, I actually went to the WikiLeaks site during the campaign, and I'm no fan of spilling confidential information. I don't like it when my friends share secrets. They don't like it when I share secrets accidentally. And <laughs> I think it's the same thing. It's like if you tell someone something, like, hey, please keep this private, and they don't do that, it's it's normal to be to frown upon that activity. However, when they did release the email threads from the Podesta emails during the Clinton campaign, it was amazing how well organized. And I got to say, it was a pretty good UI. I don't know the bar for the UI for leaked confidential information, but I found it to be an overall pleasant user experience. I could easily access. It's really trippy just seeing someone's Gmail thread. The the the, the website, I, I have visited a website, and it's pretty similar to the actual Wikipedia design because that Wikipedia design is actually open sourced. Uh, and I, yeah, I've been going to the website probably since mid 2000s as it's continued to release documents related to, you know, the spying regime that that's in that's in America. This is a pretty interesting move that it's a continuation of the investigation that the Obama administration started. And, you know, the Trump administration, Trump administration is continuing it on because most of the activity that WikiLeaks is most known for happened underneath the Obama administration. So we'll see if something changes in the way that the Ecuadorian Ecuadorian government responds because the U.S. hasn't the U.S. has wanted Julian Assange, but he's been hiding out in a in the Ecuadorian embassy in London for the past five years because of uh, rape charges and sexual assault, sexual assault charges. So he's been hiding out there. So we'll see if something changes now that America is saying that you know we want him uh, officially and he's going to stand trial. Right now, the Ecuadorian government hasn't changed its position on whether or not it's going to hold or let Jillian go. Interesting. Do you think he's building a fort in his room? Like, if I was stuck in a room all day, I'd build a fort. Man, I, I imagine being stuck in a building for five years. No CrossFit, no Whole Foods. That would suck. Oh, no CrossFit and no Whole Foods? That would be suck. still my beating heart. Yes. Good Lord. Oh, man. All right. Hey, can we talk about Georgia? Because I lo- not only do I love the song Georgia on my mind, but uh, I would like to discuss the great special election. They were calling it the Trump Slayer, the one who would slay the whale known as Trump. OK, but they didn't win, Aaron. OK, they thought they were they put in billions of dollars. OK, and they didn't win. OK, what happened in Georgia? Tom Price's seat. So Tom Price, Representative Tom Price, became HHS secretary. Tom Price, the Price is right. He is called Georgia Four, and it was a runoff between. Uh, it was turning into a runoff now between a Democrat and Republican, but there were eighteen people running for the seat. Eighteen, just insane. Uh, and eighteen is too many. How many disciples were there, Aaron? <laughs> Two. Oh no, no. Plus ten. Plus ten. That's correct. Well, That's one right. died. Twelve right? disciples. One died. I'm just saying. Jesus said there was the twelve. It doesn't have the same ring to it. And Jesus said, said to out, sent out the 18. doesn't sound that good, you know? 
Also, there were uh, there were eighteen tribes in Israel, right? That's right. Now, also not accurate. Oh. Well, we're we're all about accuracy here, so fact check me later on on, on Bunsman. So there's eighteen people, and there's like one Democrat, right? And this this district. No, no, no three. I think three, I think three Democrats were running. Oh, so there's three Democrats, yeah. and this district has not gone Democratic in how long? Uh, around thirty years. Okay, not around thirty years. Okay, so kind of like Aaron. Just kidding. I actually don't know where he stands on almost anything. He is a mystery, a profound mystery. So what happens? Who's who's the guy running? But but the the really key thing though is that Trump only won the district by one or two points in this past election. Ah, okay. So, so it's a Republican district, but they don't like Trump that much. Yeah. So and, it, and it's also been leaning in in on your elections for presidential has been leaning more and more purple, but the seat has been solidly Republican during off year cycles and special elections. So he got uh, around low 40s in the final count, which is the most of any candidate, but he did the, the Democrat, but he did not get over enough to basically win the election outright. So he's going into a runoff with the Republican. And most people expect, pollsters now expect that the Republican is going to win and that 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 this was basically a strong showing. So the Democrats are trying to play up this race, the last Kansas race, uh, Kansas six, to say that, look, the the enthusiasm gaps here and it's mattering. The only the only problem is that you don't get a participation trophy, as New King Rich has been saying. So they haven't won any of those races. And a Kansas was actually a much stronger showing regarding turnout, which was around high forties. Uh, for the Democrats, which was around a 20-point uh, additional compared to voter registration, like basically 20 points higher in, in the election turnout versus in Georgia, mid-40s is kind of like it's better. Most people are saying between five and six points better than what it should be, but it's not like a huge outstanding uh, outcome, let alone that this the Democrat candidate, the the, the main one, the key is uh 30 he had the most money out of any candidate he spent around eight to nine million dollars on his race he had celebrities he had a bunch of media attention and he still didn't get over the hump and he 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 had way more money than any individual republican candidate he also had a fatal flaw do you know what that fatal flaw was well he has no experience in government he's 30 he doesn't even live in the district that is kind of it too call me old-fashioned I like my congressmen to live in the district that they are supposedly going to represent. So, carpetbagger is that what they call him? Well, yeah, that that's the political term. He he claimed that he well he originally was born in the district, but he's not living there because his girlfriend, who he's who he's lived with for the last few years, like goes to some school or something like that. It, it was a very convoluted convoluted answer and i've seen him speak he doesn't really have much of a policy platform although what is interesting though is he he is not a bernie bro he is a very particularly like a centrist democrat so there is hope that maybe the democrat party actually still has some moderate elements in its party and it's not pushing out anyone who's moderate because he he is he was not a as far as I've, I've read on his policy positions and seen him speak, he was not a, a Bernie bro. He was pretty much a Southern blue dog Democrat. Why do we obsess over these races? Remember that special election in upstate New York back after Obama uh, was, I think it was his first term. Why do we go bonkers when it comes to these special elections? 
Well, they're, they're trying to be bellwether. That's like the key is that, well, maybe this will show that people are moving against the president. There's momentum the other way. And, and polls showing that the Democrats have uh, an enthusiasm advantage anywhere between 10 and 15 points, depending, depending on the poll. But the question that what's showing now is I, I don't think that these special elections in pretty solidly Republican areas are good bellwether indicators, let alone that, like, to me, the a really interesting race would be in the states that Trump flipped. So like a Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania, we see races there that he's that Trump's not showing the same advantage. I think that's a lot more interesting than what because if you, if you look at the final results of the 2016 presidential race, he did not do very well among traditionally Republican enclaves. So like basically college graduates and above 100,000 to 200,000 income ladder. So in this district in, in, in Atlanta is basically in that category of high college education, uh, upper middle class. So it's not to me surprising that he didn't do, or like that race is actually pretty competitive, but Remember what put Trump over the top was, you know, the 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 Rust Belt. Like that's what put him over the top. Well, I'm excited to see what happens because I just think there's not that much to do in Kansas and Georgia, and that's why it's exciting. So this week, Ryan, did you remember you got you had to pay your taxes? You remember to pay? Oh, taxes, I paid man? my taxes. Yeah, it's I, so painful. I paid. Oh, I paid them. All right. Oh, paid them taxes. Hard. So this week was tax tax day, and there was you would think that there would be a conservative protest against taxes, but there was a, a progressive protest against taxes. And how was, does that even work? How yeah. can you be a progressive and protest taxes? It, it was it was it was kind of strange because it it was associated against they wanted to see Trump's tax returns, and but it's like you pick kind of like the worst day to like protest because like no one likes taxes, so. <laughs> And it's not like people really want to think about it even further. But the protest was about they wanted to see his tax returns and they still think he's the stooge of the Russian government. And they think that by seeing his taxes that they're going to find something. Well, remember the big bombshell that Rachel Maddow released from his taxes? That was so terrible. Which is like, I have in my hand a document proving once and for all that President Trump paid a completely normal rate of taxation despite how much money he made. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let alone like, it wasn't even that detailed of a return. It was like a summary of a return for one year. And it, even if he like released his taxes, which I think that this is a media play just to get people riled up for an issue that doesn't matter, you're not going to be able to gain all of this information that they are talking about. And it's not going to s- solve their their desire to know whether or not he's making income from things that are like connected to the Russian government. Cause it's just going to show his like Trump companies paid him something. Right. Like it, it it's not going to show that it's not like it's not going to be a line item says like Putin, right. $2 million. Like that's not going to appear on the tax return. Taxes, man, death and taxes. You know what they say from that movie, meet Joe black. The only two things that are constant, right? There was also this, this survey by nerd wallet NerdWallet's a basically like Mint.com manages your your finances, and it's pretty shocking how many people when don't understand their own taxes. So like the majority of survey respondents didn't understand what tax bracket they're in, 
didn't understand anything about deductions properly were were probably actually putting pull it, putting in a wrong tax return uh, based upon that they don't understand the basics of of taxes versus other countries like um, Japan actually which has had its tax day recently they just send you a card and they say hey this is what we think you own is this right or wrong and then you basically reply back saying yes or no and you can challenge it or you can you can just agree with it so this actually has been an issue in the the America and most of the conservatives have been opposed to any form of like basically summary of what taxes that you you owe and being sent out in a, in a postcard because they fear that that the government would get it wrong and the people just would pay more in taxes versus having being more painful they think that the conservative argument is that people will pay less in taxes so essentially the center right yes yeah, so essentially uh for example you know uh americans for tax reform uh argues that against this sort of policy because they don't want people to easily pay taxes into the government interesting well i don't know if i got a card from the government i'm always nervous when i get a card from the government it's never good news like i never hear from the government hey ryan thanks for all your hard work and for contributing to the gdp growth yeah we had a stellar year like what if the government did like bonuses like that right like hey everybody we had a great year surplus gdp was like five percent growth and guess what here's a starbucks card for everybody of course then it would be like how's come starbucks got the contract right all sorts of problems there. But, and then in recession years, it's like, hey guys, sorry, no bonus this year. Pick up the pace. Let's get it done next year. Sincerely, Uncle Sam. Well, you were still running a couple hundred billion dollar deficit. <laughs> so it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. How much money do we borrow every second? Do you ever go, have you ever gone to the debt clock? Like, it's too scary. I don't go anymore. Yeah. The numbers are so big. You don't even like understand. It's like hard to fathom. I don't understand size. small numbers, let alone big numbers. It doesn't help. Adding zeros does not make it easier for me. It, the 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 tax code which is which is we'll bring up later is so incredibly burdensome to our economy you think that even just agreeing that simplification is like better like having just less even just just less things that people can adopt or even just less brackets even if you just even if it's revenue neutral you think that politicians would agree on that they can't even they can't even get that done right it's it's it, it's so utterly frustrating that these elites who they themselves don't file their own personal taxes, but then they make all of us deal with the crap that they put out. Shame, as they say. Shame. 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 Okay. Since it's almost time for the lightning round, it means we got to go to another sponsor. I love these guys. So Aaron, you just finished CrossFit. You're pumped up. You need some carbs. You need healthy carbs. Something with a good amount of vitamin D, vitamin B, potassium, magnesium, and other important electrolytes. What do you turn to, Aaron? Oh, I know you're talking about Chick-fil-A. Such a great company. Incorrect. But hey, Chick-fil-A, if you're listening, that is an invitation. Yes. Give us a call. No, I'm talking about the one, the only, Barnana. Okay, Barnana just came out with Barnana Brittle. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Barnana Brittle. Go now. Find it. Turn off this podcast. Go to your nearest health food store. Available at all fine health food retailers. Grab yourself Barnana Brittle. It will change your life. When Bar- thinking dehydrated banana snacks, think Barnana. Barnana is really, really dope. And and it's really cool seeing, we've had Matt, the founder, on the show. It's really cool when I'm in Whole Foods and I see it and I'm like, I know that guy. 
Oh, it's amazing. I love Barnana. And also, yeah, they have his. I remember that Matt Clifford's episode had more listens than the Gary Johnson interview. So that yeah. should have been a bellwether of the election. Yes. People polling, polling shows people care more about bananas than Gary Johnson. So now, lightning round. So this, we're going to run through a lot of the news in the week uh, that we couldn't fit in the longer segment. And so we had these are just top stories that happened this past week that you should know. So the first is health healthcare reform is back. As I we mentioned last week, uh, during recess. Yes, who's back? Trump back again. Healthcare's back. Tell a friend. So the apparently the Trump has been pushing the Tuesday group, which is the moderate group, and the Freedom Caucus to find a deal, some deal, get any deal, and they apparently have something in the works that they're going to be releasing uh, next week. And we think it's related to the states being able to opt out of the uh, insurance requirements, which are called community rating. So giving the states the option to follow the Obamacare rules or not following Obamacare rules. So next is uh, tax reform. So fortunately, this date has been pushed back. So we were supposed to make some progress on it. Uh, Secretary Mnuchin said that they have good ideas, that this just need more time. But unfortunately, tax reform is not going to happen anytime soon. So now they're thinking maybe late fall. Based H- on our taxes and our tax reform. Yeah. Great. Yes. So H-1B, so uh, one of the executive orders that Trump signed uh, this past week was to put under review the H-1B program. We don't really know a lot of the details yet about what he is going to do with these. Uh, but essentially, H-1B is like high-tech visas the ability to uh, apply to come into the United States saying like, you know, I'm good at X, Y, Z thing and, and matching them with, with, with companies. This is something that Silicon Valley uses a lot and a lot of other uh, major uh, technology or uh, innovate engineering firms. So changes are coming and we don't really fully know yet what they're going to be. Uh, although there have been a couple of bills in the house that talked about raising the, the minimum requirement for salaries for H-1Bs uh, and also just basically cre- creating a higher bar under the premise that H-1B visas are taking jobs away from Americans. What does H-1 mean? Because if you remember, they also categorize swine flu as H-1N1. What is H-1? It, it's basically just like a, it's like a, like a list, right? You have like a green card. It's just the, the legal terminology of where it exists in, in the, in the, in the statutes. Mm, okay. H-1B. Learn about it. After every election, there's always some tell-all book. So we have one that just, the first one's come out, a uh, major one at least, called Shattered. Yeah. Shattered. Yes. And it uh, it's made some, some pretty uh, interesting allegations, to say the least. It's a very detailed book. Uh, and just so people think that these, these authors are some stooge of, of the center-right, uh, they're not. They've their previous book was actually very pro Hillary and uh, was very positive towards them. So I'm just going to read a, a the one of their a quote from the book that basically summarizes the the summarizes the the entire book. So over the course of a year and a half, in interviews with more than 100 subjects, we started to piece together a picture that was starkly at odds with the narrative of the campaign and the media were portraying publicly. 
Hillary Clinton's campaign was so spirit-crushing that her aides eventually shorthanded the feeling of a pending doom with a sim- simple mantra, we're not allowed to have nice things. Yes. So <laughs> the book's pretty brutal. Can't have nice things. You don't deserve nice things. And there, there are things that, that the book alleges that, that she did, like spy on her campaign staff. She would just disappear for weeks at times with Huma Abedin being the only way to contact her. They, they were just ignoring what field ops were saying. I mean, when, when you lose, everything turns out being bad. I mean, I worked on a presidential election where you lose or I lost. Uh, and, you know, you just start point fingers, fingers at everybody because you think every something is to blame uh, for everything that happened. Um, but some of these things like that the Republicans alleged against her seem to be actually true character qualities of her, that she's very secretive and she doesn't like people. Wait, no. Hillary loves people. She's so warm and inviting, right? I know. Where is he? Trump knows it. He's like, the people, they love me, okay? They really, really, truly love me. Did you see my inauguration, Aaron? There were literally billions of people there. I've never seen so many people in one place. It was amazing. In in other depressing European news, uh, Turkey voted to essentially make Erdogan the president of Turkey a dictator. And this was a very close vote, but uh, people voted to give Erdogan uh, more power. Essentially, he has nearly complete power over his entire cabinet, the judiciary, and he can run for re-election again and again and again and again. Uh, He also gets rid of the prime minister position. So this is a a very concerning move for Turkey, and uh, most international observers are saying this is probably the death nail against Turkish democracy. Do they trust the election results? Uh, yeah, there, there's, there's been, we don't know if Russia interfered, but it could be. <laughs> but it was a narrow margin, right? It was narrow, yeah. Um, it was like 51%, right? Yeah, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty narrow, yeah. Um, oh, what if he cast like the deciding vote? What if it was like a one vote difference and he voted? That wouldn't be fair. <laughs> well, I mean, he's creating a, an, an auto... Uh, the probably correct word would be uh, an autocratic regime similar to Chavez in Venezuela. That's what's probably more accurately that's being created. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's, he tax press, he's rigging the judiciary again against the opposition movement. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty sad to see Turkey go this direction. Uh, last but not least, the white house has decided to keep the visitor logs, which were made public underneath the Obama administration to now, keep them private again so a lot of people are very upset that they wanted to see who was coming in for meetings uh inside of the trump administration so now those will be classified until five years after the end of the trump administration and so we will never know whether schwarzenegger came in to talk to him about tips for being a host for the apprentice or who's gonna be fired next that's right man it, well it, it's a little bit of it's a little bit of, you know, people being upset about nothing because if it was a classified meeting, it wouldn't be on the books anyway. So it was usually if you look at the list of people that Obama had public, it, it was kind of mostly benign things like people that they would never show that if it was a secret meeting with like the director of the CIA, it wouldn't be on there anyways. So it was mostly already what public publicly was being shown of people meeting the president. 
um, which you still can get if you just watch TV and you watch people who like go into go into the White House. Um, so it, it's it, it's a it's a signal, but it's kind of at the same time wasn't in my opinion wasn't that valuable. Interesting. All right. Now, Aaron, I see some notes here for hysteria. Did anyone say anything crazy this this week? So it's going around the 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 internet this week. Happened towards the end of the week where where Sessions was talking about you know there's more court cases regarding uh, Trump's immigration policy. So Sessions was being interviewed on Mark Levin, which is conservative radio show host, and people are very upset. I mean, like seriously upset. He's being being called a racist. He's being called a you know southern secessionist wanting to get us back to jim crow laws by by the by this this quote so i'm gonna read it and this is verbatim what he said we've got jeff sessions attorney general we've got moving case we have cases moving in the very liberal ninth circuit who they've been hostile to the order we've won a case in virginia recently that was nicely written order that just that just demolished i thought i thought all the arguments that some of the other people were making. We are confident that the president will prevail on appeal and particularly in the Supreme Court, if not if not in the Ninth Circuit. So this is a huge matter. I am really amazed that a judge sitting in the island in the Pacific can, can issue an order that stops the president of the United States from what appears to be a clearly statutory constitutional power. So that from that quote, he's considered called being called a racist. Like I, I was watching CNN last night, and people were saying, "Yeah, is Jeff Session a racist?" Based on this, this, this quote. Well, is that the exact way the quote was phrased? Because this is an interesting media experiment. When I read the quote on one of the media outlets, it said that he was amazed that a so-called island judge. No, this is this is this is a quote. This was the first CNN article that actually wrote about this. Uh, the so-called judge. Okay. Would, yeah, the so-called judge is the the Trump quote, and 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 for context. This this relates to the Hawaiian uh, the Hawaii judge that struck down the second uh, travel ban that Trump wrote. However, he only struck down the the countries that it listed. It, it, he allowed the res- travel restrictions to continue on. So it was only part of uh, it was only part of the actual immigration order. So Jeff Sessions is talking about him, the fact that you know he's one judge out of uh, I believe there's 800 or so federal appointed judges. Uh, and he's in Hawaii, and he was commenting on that. Uh, so he's standing by his comments. Uh, I don't. I, it's hard for me to see how this is this is racist. A lot of the Democratic politicians in Hawaii were saying he's racist because he's saying that. I mean, I, I think what Sessions is trying to say is that. Uh, I mean, what he literally says is that Hawaii Hawaii is an island, and and that it is basically a single. A single judge is making an impact over the across the entire United States, and he doesn't agree with that. I, that's what he's saying. I, I, I mean, that's the way I read it. That makes sense. But regarding, you remember the hysteria though of of ICE raiding raiding cities and towns? Yes, that's right. Hide everyone; they're coming. Yes. So. If you if you go if you just do a Google search of of ICE raids, you'll see article after article saying ICE, you know, captures a hundred or ICE does raids X Y Z X Y Z. It's just this continued hysteria of regarding ICE raiding raiding cities uh, and finding people to deport. So, uh, but according to the Daily Beast, which is not the most pro deportation uh, news outlet, is saying that ICE does not have the capacity to increase people to deport them 
And ISIS said that it has not increased any form of deportation program, has not started any new program, and that it is simply doing what has let down in the last eight years. But still, people write saying that ICE is increasing its targeting. What about Ice Cube or Vanilla Ice or Ice T? Are any of them involved in any activities? Yeah, you think that they would be, uh, you know, it's their brand name, right? That's right. Well, interesting stuff. Well, I think that's all the hysteria. Although it is worth mentioning too. Aaron, did you see the video of the uh, Berkeley, Berkeley rally and the violence that broke out there? Again, who's speaking? Is it? Um, well, no, the new one is Ann Coulter yeah, was going one. to speak there. And then they canceled her invitation. And she said in typical Ann Coulter fashion, oh, I'm still I'm still going to be there. But no, there was a massive there was a there was a rally for Trump there. And uh, I gosh, I need to find in the name of that group that there was massive violence that broke out there. And it was really, really nasty to watch. Oh, that happened over the weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did see some news regarding that. I mean, it's so hard to keep up with the the fascists and 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 how many things are going to be campuses they're destroying these days. Yeah, uh, busy, 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 busy. Yeah, they're very busy. Well, I think that's all we got for today. It's all the news. We we we've been around the world today. We've been from North Korea to the island judge, right? Yes. Well, well, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week uh, for summary of news and and hearing the ridiculous ideas that Ryan has about the world. Thank you, Aaron. Always a pleasure.